Today we'll be reading from Luke chapter 12, uh, 1 through 12. And anyway, um, again, I want to thank everybody that's here today, but um, just trying to be prayerful in where the Lord wants me to go right now. And um, I think a lot of us got a lot going on in their lives, and we're thinking on those things. And and I believe the word that the Lord has given us today is is uh, it's from Him, and I think that it will help us. But but what the Lord spoke to me is is I was praying to Him and seeking Him for the church, and and I spoke it out uh, without even thinking. But I refused not to be used, and, and the Lord really hit me. That's where I need us to be. Is uh, you need to refuse. Not to be used, meaning you want God in your life no matter what's going on around you. And when the enemy, when everything else is trying to, to pull you away and trying to pull you back, uh, I believe people have come to these altars today because condemnation is tearing them to pieces. When there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, we need to refuse to give in to condemnation. Refuse to be used by Christ's Spirit of righteousness. Uh, we need to refuse that when the enemy comes in uh, with, with, with health issues or, or hurts and pains that, that we don't give in to them, that we refuse not to be used by God's Spirit, God to touch our situation. And, and that's the way I believe the church has got to be in the last day, that we refuse anything but Christ's Spirit. We refuse all things but Christ's spirit. And our job then is, is to recognize what God's spirit is and, and pull in it, recognize where the spirit is and run to it. Recognize it and be it as much as you can. We've been talking turning point for seven weeks and, and, and today I'll be wrapping that up and then I'm going on a vacation. <laughs> so no, no, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed this seven weeks here or eight, however long it's been, because I know there's one as at Carthage in there. But, but God has been preparing us for this, for, for us to recognize to, that we've got to refuse not to be used according to Christ's Spirit in our life, however it may be. The first week we talked about practicing His presence with Solomon the next week, week two, we talked about repent and make room for the Holy Spirit. And again, with Solomon, and again, refusing, practicing, repenting, staying in repentance, staying close to God, confessing our salvation and standing on the solid rock, our salvation. And again, salvation week four is our freedom. Salvation is what we all so desire and long to have. And then we talked about, again, kind of in the vein we're in now, that, that disaffiliating from sin in our lives. You know, we've been talking about, well, we're going to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church because they're doing this. Well, what sin in your life are you doing that you need to disaffiliate with? And come under that authority and that power and that anointing of Jesus Christ. And then week six is we are members of Christ's church. Recognize that membership. And, and I would challenge you to go back and listen to Sunday School Net last week and the church service because I believe the Lord put that together and, and shows you how valuable you are to God in the kingdom of God. 
And we need to walk in that membership and that freedom of membership with him, membership with Christ. And then membership in church represents the membership in Christ that we are all in with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And today the Lord put the word on my heart to draw on, that, that we are drawn by his Holy Spirit to these things, that people are drawn to Jesus by the Holy Spirit, that, that we are drawn into different things in our life. Uh, we may be drawn into anxiety. And so I'm throwing a lot of points out at you. We'll get into in a minute. But in the end, we need to keep the main thing, the main thing, point four, and that's Jesus is the main thing. And so as we move into this today, I was just going to run through the scriptures as we go. And, and again, I'm in a, a Luke 12, chapter 1. And the first point is drawn to Christian living. And I was just uh, overrun by this scripture when the Lord put it on my heart at the beginning of last week and as I worked on it through Wednesday and different times. But, but the scripture starts out, in the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples, first, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And so we see here a scene that, that thousands of people had, had were drawn to the Christ. Thousands of people, and, and I got to thinking of all the scriptures that talk about all the thousands of people that were drawn to Christ, that, that he was a big draw and people wanted to be a part of him. And that told me his spirit was drawing people and his spirit draws you here today. His spirit is drawing you for a closer relationship. And we're going to talk about that later today. But, but the spirit draws people. And I'm thinking, man, Jesus had thousands of people that were drawn to him and so excited about him that they were literally trampling each other. And he doesn't pay attention to that at the time. He turns to his disciples and he says to them, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And I thought, man, you're just going to let this go on? And you turn to your disciples? And you tell them how they should live a Christian life? And the Spirit spoke to me as clear as I'm seeing you today, that Jesus knew the trampling would continue on until leaders would stand up and lead the people. That's why he focused on his disciples. God is drawing us, Oakton, to be leaders in our community, and we need to live Christian-like living for them because people are being drawn to Christ. They're being drawn to your spirit, the Christ in you, and you have an opportunity to share that with them. And so we need to be about Christ and, and, and like I said earlier, refuse not to be used. God, use me to touch these people that are coming into my life. But as we see here, Jesus then addresses the disciples. And again, he was showing it how important Christian living was, how important it is that, that we honor and respect our relationship with Jesus Christ and we put it high above all other things. He said to them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And then he went into Jesus condemned the, the hypocrisy of the, the Pharisees. 
how that they were God's leaders. They were God's men, if you will, to lead and usher in Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. But, but they forgot what they were, who they were. They, they forgot what they were and they become hypocrite. They become opposite of what God called them to be. And Jesus said, don't you be like that. Don't you be hypocrites. You need to press into me and know me. And again, the Lord showed me that, that when we do this, when we press into him, we will be used to stop the trampling going on in not only our lives, but on other lives around us. How we allow the Holy Spirit to press into us, it will bring these other things to a steal. And I'm not saying there's not going to be some wars and some battles, but we will, we will stand strong and the Lord will, will minister to these people. He'll minister to us. He'll minister to our lives. So again, it's important that we're on point at all times. And I got to thinking, what was, you know, what was Christ talking about? When he was talking about the Pharisees, they were being hypocrites. So why or how? And as I began to read through the scripture here, Christ begins to, to tell about that. He talks about three uh, ways or, of hypocrisy or addresses it three different ways. But before I want to define hypocrisy, it means acting as if you are what you are not. For example, acting publicly as a godly and faithful believer when in reality you harbor addictive habit or something other hidden sins such as lust, greed, jealousy, or bitterness. The hypocrite is a deceiver in the area of observable righteousness. And I read that from, straight from the commentary. That was the description that Christ was drawing. Here he said, don't be like that. Don't say you're for me and yet live against me. You need to press into the things of God. And Jesus goes on to say in, in, in 12.2, he said that hypocrites or hypocrisy will be revealed. Jesus said nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness shall be heard in the light and whatever you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed in the housetops from the housetops some things we do hidden will be revealed in this lifetime but all will, will be revealed at judgment day and we always need to remember that we always need to remember that what's done in secret will be revealed Christ said whether it's now or whether it's ever and I thought about one of my favorite mentors and and I love with all my heart, Brother Swagger. Brother Swagger was caught up in the sin of lust. And we all know the story about that. His sin, his, his lifestyle was shown across the world. And we all judged him. And we all condemned him. I was there the day that he repented. And somebody got saved that day, by the way, that, that I'd been working on for years and refused that they'd ever be a Christian. But it's revealed. And it may be revealed in this lifetime, 
Or it may be revealed in the afterlife, a judgment. But anything hidden will be revealed. So we need to know that first off. And then I got to thinking of, you know, when we see a young Christian woman that gets pregnant, you know, it's revealed through pregnancy, you know, now. Do we judge? Because if we do, we need to judge all the ones that just didn't get revealed through pregnancy. You see, that's where I get aggravated a lot of times is we're willing to judge and criticize all people without looking at ourselves. And we're willing to cast the first stone without casting the first love. And and guys, I want to challenge us today that that we all are going to be held accountable for everything we do. I'm going to be held accountable for things I do. I was telling Joe that, that this sermon really got me nervous. And it really made me nervous as a pastor because everything I do, I'm held accountable for it. It will be revealed. Praise God for the blood of Jesus, right? We need to press into him. If we got known things in our life, we need to repent of them and just give them to him. And allow him to do a good work in you. Another thing Jesus said about hypocrisy in Luke 12, 4 was, it'll suck the life out of you. When we're living two different lifestyles, it'll suck the life out of you. And I believe the life of the Spirit is what Christ was talking about. But Luke 12, 4, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more than they can do. But I warn you whom to fear, fear him who after has killed and has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Fear him. Meaning have a, a, a respect and honor for Christ with our lives. The key to repentance, guys, and staying close to him and staying in with him, as 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and what? To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So at salvation, we have been cleansed of all unrighteousness. So as we're walking through this life and we do make mistakes, that we can stand on the blood and we can press into him and know that he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But guys, get that he cleanses you completely. In other words, that that, that God's not going to reveal something to you in your life that he isn't going to help you to get through. He's going to bring you through that because that's sucking the life out of you. When I was doing things back in the day, it was sucking the life out of me. It was a war between being saved and not saved. And I had to come against some things and put them aside because it was sucking the life of the believer out of me. After I was saved, as I got into things, I really struggled with anger. I really struggled with some of those anger issues. And, And I tell you what, it was sucked the life out of my spirit man when I'd give in to anger. But Christ didn't just say, I've not only forgive you of that, I've set you free from it. So now let's deal with the anger. You know, when I first got saved, I was dealing with the alcohol issues and trying to get through that. Christ just said, I I delivered you, or not only cleansed you, but I delivered you of that. And if you give into that, it'll suck the life out of you because you'll feel condemnation. You'll feel all these ugly things of whatever the sin is. 
and it'll keep you from being who God's called you to be. So we need to refuse not to be used by the Spirit of Christ in us and allow Him to do a work in us. It tickled me. I was watching the movie Left Behind last night for the Mercy Me one. And anyway, is my shirt too bright? I noticed the lights on now. So, but I sweat so much the first service that I changed. So, but anyway, I thought it was God coming down from heaven and anointed the service. That's just the lights. So, but anyway, I was watching Left Behind, and and that was at the preacher scene where they determined that everybody that wasn't on earth had gone to heaven, and it was a rapture. The church was taken up. And the girl was standing there, and the preacher was kind of talking to her about it. She looked at the preacher, and she said, well, then why are you here? And he said, because I preached it, but I didn't believe it. I preached it, but I didn't walk it. And I thought, well, you know, that's too coincidental. I'll share that during that point. But guys, we need to recognize things in our life that, that we're doing that are contrary to the Spirit. They will suck the life out of us. And again, I believe the disciples, Jesus was telling them about these things because they will suck the spirit out of you. And he was trying to warn them before he addressed the crowd. Number three, hypocrisy is denying the anointing of God upon your life. And Jesus said to him in, in verses 12 and 8, And I tell you, everyone who's acknowledged me before men, the Son of Man also will be acknowledged before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men uh, will be denied before the angels of God. And, and that again, Jesus was talking about all these things and he moves into those that would deny him and those that wouldn't deny him. And, and he said that that's the, what'll happen, that people will choose to deny me and choose to follow the world. But it's your choice on whom you'll serve. It's your, your choice whether you'll walk in anointing or you won't walk in anointing. It's back on us. Do you refuse not to be used? Class of 61, I was proud of you guys. You got me a little nervous earlier because I had my head mark was born in 61. And Karen walked out and she I goes, they said 61? And then Karen goes, Mark was born in 63. So mom and dad, you stayed in righteousness. And you weren't being hypocrites all these years. I was judging you over here. And, and, but, but you were standing tall. Uh, little brother's blowing my phone up right now. He's in Europe somewhere. And he's seven hours ahead. He don't realize we're in church service. But, but, uh, but anyway, I, I'm, I'm excited about those guys here. Um, because you made a decision to meet as a group in a church. And I got to thinking, how many... Uh, graduating class reunions have met for church. Think about that. I got a lot of people going, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say my class didn't. I don't think they did. And I'm on 30-some now. But, man, I'm really proud of you guys to making that choice to be with us today. And, and let's give the Lord a hand for them today and their commitment. What a testimony that, that, man, for our class reunion, we want to come out and be a part of God. And, 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 and I, I don't mean this like we're all that, but the anointing is in the church. 
and they want to be a part of that. It's in any church that, that loves and serves the Lord with all their heart. And I give you glory in Jesus' name for your decisions today. But, but you're saying we are not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And so Jesus, you know, again, was telling that before he addressed the thousands, he addressed the leaders and said, man, you need to examine your lives because if you're living a lifestyle of hypocrisy, it's going to suck the life out of you and keep you from being who God's called you to be. And then you need to walk in the anointing and walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. Then you'll change the world. Then we'll address the thousands. And so we move into that point too. We're really, I was jokingly telling mom here the other day that I was so excited that they were coming to church that I was going to preach two hours. And she texted me back and said, we're going to Methodist Church in Lamar now. <laughs> what kind of support is that? I tell you, her son was excited and was just wanting to really give it to you today. And man, the pressure I'm under. We'll get into that later. But we see here in 12.1 that, that in the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together and they were trampling one another, again, thousands of people, trampling means to, to trend on and crush, if you look that up in that scripture there. And I, I, I looked at it like a herd of stampeding cattle were coming to Christ to hear the word to the point they were knocking each other down. They were trampling on each other. They were hurting each other. We see people drawn to that anointing, drawn to the presence of the Lord, drawn to that hope, that, 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 that freedom that we have. And again, Christ looks to the disciples and he said, I want to get you right so you can help them get it right. And that's what Christ is saying to us as a church. People will be drawn to you and we need to get it right so that we can help them get it right. I believe the Bible is very clear what Jesus began to do in the gospel. He continues to do in the book of Acts through the believer. And then us today. A commentary wrote this. The, mo the movement of God begins with the risen Lord. When Jesus rises from the dead, he confronts a band of disciples in, them, uh, disciples in hopeless disarray. He restores them, he gives them their mission and tells them to wait for the Spirit to come in transforming power. The Spirit came at Pentecost and the mission began as the word went out. Thousands were drawn and believed and were added to the community of the disciples. This was just the beginning. That's what God has called us to be about today. Like the disciples that day, he was saying, Oakton, pay attention, turn to me. Press into me. Refuse not to be used because there's thousands of people that are drawn to him through you. And he's going to use you, every one of you. I'm going to share something, and again, that, 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 that I don't say anything to give glory to me. I say all things to give glory to God because the longer I'm in this relationship, I know how much of it is God and how very little is me. And we need to recognize it's just as simple as, as saying, okay, here I am, Lord. Well, the last couple of weeks I've been helping at Carthage Youth. And, and anyway, I've preached two times now. 
And any time an unbeliever is drawn to the church by a youth into a Bible study, into this group, they receive Christ. And it's nothing, again, I'm not seeking the glory. It's God's glory. It's nothing I'm doing but yielding. And I believe the Lord is showing me that you too are the same. I see it from Joe. I see it from our Bible studies up here. I see it from our church services here. I hear all things about Wednesday night. People are drawn into your classes, your rooms, your buildings, and they are receiving a touch from God because you've allowed God to use you and you've, you've touched their lives. So we give God the glory. But this last week, the Lord had put it on my heart, you know, have a pizza party to get the kids into the church and, and give the youth a reason to invite somebody and then just preach the word. And I got so caught up in the preparations that I lacked in the preparing of the service. And that happens so many times. We think we got to do all this preparation, all this preparing when we just need to be prepared to share the word. God will take care of the rest. And, and I, I, I had it all planned out, and nothing went as planned. I thought you could go to Pizza Hut and, and walk in and eat pizza, and I found out you couldn't. And anyway, I, I got all called up in these things, and I rushed to church, but about 5 o'clock or about 10 to 5, I'm like, Lord, I've got a word here, but, but I want to know what you want to say to these kids. And, and he speak, spoke it to me. I'll just read what I believe he shared. Share what makes a good pizza and what makes a great life with Jesus. And as I was going down there, the Lord just began to minister that to me. And I began making chicken scratches. We get down there and again, everything that could go wrong went wrong. All the preparations were all over the place. Uh, getting ready to walk out. I'm worried that we can't meet inside. So we're outside. These kids won't have jackets. It's going to be dark. And then I get a call that two youths are coming. They're going to be late. That's why you don't be late, people. And so we wait around on them, we get there, then we head to the park and pray, God, there was a light in the gazebo. And then the Spirit just comes in as they're eating. And, and we just begin to talk, and I said, well, four things that make a great pizza is the crust, the sauce, and I think I've got a slide on that. Yeah, we do, doesn't that look good? Ooh, the sauce, the toppings, and the cheese. And I shared with them the crust is making Jesus our foundation God didn't come to condemn us, but he came to love us. And we need to stand on that foundation, that crust, that Jesus loves us. And we read John, again, 3, 16 and uh, 17. And then the sauce is spreading the Bible, the word over our lives. Reading the Bible will show you how much God loves you and cares for you. And then the toppings is just Christian fellowship. We're surrounding ourselves and topping ourselves out with activities of youth, activities of, of holiday night, or just worship service on Sunday. But we're getting in that fellowship and topping off all these great things. But oh, the cheese, the best part, the cheese is a prayer. And we cover all these things with prayer. Our personal relationship with Jesus, our word reading, when we read the word, we apply the word in prayer and it gives us power. We apply the prayer to our friends and family, and that what is what makes a good pizza. Everybody want to get saved? <laughs> we called an altar call, and man, I don't want to call it an altar call. I just flat ask kids, does anybody want to be saved tonight? 
And the, the girl in the black shirt at the next slide in the middle, first row, she raised her hand to receive Christ. Let's give the Lord praise. But Janiah was drawn by the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Her friend that sits beside her on the, your left, my left, invited her. And I believe the Lord used her to invite her. They come. The Lord says, speak this word. I was drawn by the Lord. When people are drawn by the Lord and are obedient to the Lord, people will receive Christ. And I believe everyone in this room has a story to say, a story to share. I believe that you are drawing people just by your lifestyle. You may be doing things in the darkness they don't know about, and we need to deal with those things, but, but your lifestyle draws people. Or it could push them away. But that's why the Lord wants us to deal with it. To keep our eyes focused on Him so that we know Him and know His words. And that when we are too busy focusing on all the wrong things, that just being obedient for 15 minutes can change somebody's life. Just think if I were to spend the three hours in prayer and preparing the sermon and 15 minutes on the other because it didn't work out anyway the way I planned it. Just been available. And I just freaked a lot of people out there. God's going to use me? And that moves us into point three, drawn to anxiety. When we're drawn into anxiety, in other words, the trampling that's going on around us, when we get caught up in that, just speak his words. Just like I was saying in the story there, it, it, I was all anxious. And, and I didn't know what else to do but to speak his words. And a peace come over, and the girl got saved. And it's that simple. If you're feeling anxiety by the stampede and trampling going on in your life, Speak Jesus over it, and it'll calm. I'm going to jump to point four. Before I do, though, is any time that I've been anxious, and guys, I'm anxious. I was anxious before board. I'd change my shirt because I sweat so much. I was anxious before I come in here. I get a little anxious, and I don't like it, but I do. I get a little anxious. Our son's wedding's Friday night. I'm a little anxious. But every time I give in and speak Jesus' word, he never lets me down. Never. So I'm not saying you're not going to feel anxiety. Every, you know, I remember the first guy I led, or prayed for in Bible college. I just got there. and I was this redneck, whatever I was, construction worker. And the Lord said, go pray for that guy up front. And, and you've heard the story. He's a great big guy. And I was like, oh, God, don't use me. Come on. I just got, no, Lord, no. No, Lord, no. As so I was walking up there. And I get up there, and I reach out to touch him. And I think I may have said the Lord. And he wept and fell in my arms. The Lord just wanted me to be obedient. He did the rest. 
But point four, keep the main thing, the main thing. Draw from Jesus. And I was reminded, the Lord give me peace for this because, again, the, I was a little anxious for the wedding uh, Friday night with Joshua. I'm anxious about the whole deal because it's just, a, you guys know how weddings are. Uh, they're great. They're awesome. But the Lord reminded me because I felt like, Lord, what do I have to bring to the table? What do I have to bring to the table? And the Lord reminded me of Acts 3 and 6. When the beggar called out to Peter and he asked for alms, he said, money and food, money and food, money and food. And Peter and, and John looked at him and they said, I have no silver or gold. In other words, I have nothing from this world to offer you. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And we know what happened. And so when you don't feel like you got anything to offer the world, you do. You got the power of Christ in you. You're anointed and appointed believers, and you can speak life to situations. And you just do what the Lord tells you, and it's his worry after that. But again, as I was working on this and, and finishing up the altar time and, and just trying to pray and see what the Lord wanted me to say there, and Gary had sent out a word, and, and I thought, this is too, too much like what I'm trying to say, and so I'm going to share it today. But Gary shared this Thursday, October 13th, and again, he believes these are from God for him, but sometimes I feel like they're for the church and I like to share them. But my son, do not be caught up in the things of the world. Be careful to avoid adultery, hypocrisy as I add. At least you begin to value things that lead you away from me. Just as the Israelites of old had a problem with, uh, with valuing things other than me in their lives, as they chose to want to become like the world with other sorts of abominations, as they chose to worship things that had of no value, as they wanted to become like their pagan neighbors, as they valued prestige and position rather than the relationship with me, as they let adultery overtake them and defeat them. Again, hypocrisy is the Christian's kryptonite. But let them be an example to you as to what and who you worship. Let your value, let your life be lived. Let your very being avoid adultery of any sort. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let the essence of your life be centered in me. In other words, keep the main thing, the main thing, Jesus. Value what is your highest calling from me. Bring honor and glory to my name, lest you fall in defeat to the enemy. I don't believe in coincidence, and I believe that Gary was speaking the same as Christ. Then we got all this going on around us. And Christ is saying, center in on me. Center in on me. And do these things that I've talked to you about today. Are you here today and you need salvation? You've been drawn to Jesus. Jesus is drawing you in. Or maybe you've been away from the Lord and the Spirit is drawing you in to salvation. I want you to come forward today. And I want you to renew or give your lives completely to Jesus. Because I believe Christ is sent by his Holy Spirit people in here that are hungry. And they need a feeling in their life today. 
and Christ wants to fill it. The second thing Christ addressed was hypocrisy in the, is the kryptonite for the Christian. And we need to press into him. And we all know our own lives better than anybody. And let the Holy Spirit minister to you there. But the third thing is not to be anxious about the trampling going on around you. Just speak Jesus. And maybe you need to just speak Jesus over a situation here today. Well, grab somebody and come and speak Jesus over your situation. But the last thing is a body. We need to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's Jesus. Amen. Let's stand to our feet today. And Father God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that's in the house today. Father, I know you have drawn everyone in here. Father, you have drawn me. I've repented of things. I've made adjustments in my own life. Lord, because I want to be used by you. Father, it's not a, a, a reward thing. It's a want to thing. Father, use us to minister to your world. Father, if there's anyone in here that doesn't save, or aren't saved, I ask that they come run to you. That they receive you today. Father, I ask anybody that needs a touch on their life that they would just yield and come to you. But Father, as a church today, we say, Lord, here we are. Use us, Lord. Minister to each one in this room today, however you see fit. In Jesus' name. Praise Him.